Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? I'm CT. I'm Kyle, and you're listening to What's Up, Nephew? Powered by Athletes 360. Oh, what's up? Oh, what's up? Oh, what's up? Oh, what's up? I'm like, what's up? Where you been? What you know about? Oh, no. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up with you? Oh, yeah. What's up, nephew? Yo, what up, nephew? What's up? Ready to get started today, man? Yeah, I'm ready. Hey everybody, we're back after taking a week off for the holidays. We got a great show for you guys today. We're going to talk about the NBA playoffs, the hiring of Steve Nash, um, and the Castle Semenya story. And our athlete of the week this week is CP3. So let's jump right in. Alright, so first we got this rat questions. And my first question I like ask is if you're taking a guy for heart who are you going with Marcus Smart or Patrick Beverly hmm. heart would you would you say they got heart or are they both just pets <laughs> um if I had to pick one of those guys no nah, I, I would actually go with um Marcus Marcus Smart I think um yeah. just the way he's been playing you know he plays on hard on both ends of the court. You know, mm-hmm. just saw him play last night, and he really was a, a part of the reason why they were able to, you know, keep the game as tight for so long because he was just making big play after big play after big play. And mm-hmm. and you know, even even at the end, like I don't know what he was doing at the end. You know, when he um tried to draw the foul from um Gasol, but yeah, yeah, I just love the way he played the whole time. So I'm gonna go with Marcus Smart. I'm going to go with Marcus Smart, too, because, as you said, he leave it out on both ends of the court. On the defensive end, he's going to try his hardest. I remember um, before they even went to overtime, Pascal Siakam was trying to drive one hand. Marcus Smart is way smaller, way littler than Pascal Siakam. And he ripped the ball from him, which ended up with a Jason Tatum dunk. So, um, I just feel like he, he leaves it all out on the floor. I mean, he even had a triple-double last night. And without that, they wouldn't even... They wouldn't even have had a chance last night. It just would have been an automatic win for the Raptors. And he had six threes, and he even hit a big three coming down the stretch. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Marcus Smart. Even though my boy Pat Bass, he on the Clippers, he really do. He he, he also leaves it all on, on the court, but he really doesn't produce as much as Marcus Smart does on offense. So I'm going to go with Marcus Smart. All right, my next question who do you think has a brighter future in the NFL? Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson? Hmm. Who you got? Uh, I'm going with Deshaun Watson. Okay, what? I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson because um, Lamar Jackson, even though last year that season was terrific, I think he's going to have another terrific season. I say he might have about two, three more years. Um... Because he's really a scrambler. That's really all he do. And I feel like eventually he's just going to get banged up way too much. I feel like one day he's going to get hit real, real hard. He's kind of going to throw him off and he's going to keep on scrambling and getting hit more and more and more. I just feel like it's just going to really bring a lot of, like, it's going to bring a lot of damage to his body. And I, I just don't think that 
his career is, is not going to last as long as Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, I mean, he's versatile. He can run, he can stand in the pocket and make a lot of um, plays. And with the team he had, he was able to lead them and take them to very far. Actually, almost, they, matter of fact, they did beat the Patriots last season. Um, So, I see Deshaun Watson. I see he has a very bright future. So, I'm going to go with him. I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one. Um, I actually think it is going to be Lamar. Um, I mean, MVP type season already. You know what I'm saying? Like, I believe, you know, he is a scrambler, but I don't think he's a scrambler for the boy can pass, too. And when he does run, I think he's pretty smart. I think he's pretty smart with, you know, the way that he runs, the way he gets down, gets out of bounds when he needs to, takes hits when he needs to. Um, and you know, I just I just like his overall game. I like I like his confidence. You know, I like I like the swag that he had to the game. And I think, you know, in the game of football, I think that goes a long ways too. So, and you know, I I, I believe that the Ravens, you know, they've been known to put good teams around their star players. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, and and we already we just seen what happened with 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 um Houston. But the Texans, you know, they ain't already got rid of the top receivers. So, yeah, you know, when you start getting rid of, rid of the help, it's like, uh, I don't know. So, I call it the help. When you start getting rid of, the, you know, other other great players. But, um, yeah, yeah. So, I think I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson. I think he's going to have the better career. But also, another thing is Lamar Jackson – yeah, he hasn't. Like I've never seen him show up in the playoffs in his past two seasons. They lost their first game in, game in the playoffs each year. This year they lost to the Titans. Don't see how they lost to the Titans. Pretty bad game. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, two yeah, years but... ago, his rookie in the playoffs, they got beat pretty bad first game. Deshaun Watson, he just came and beat the Patriots with Tom Brady. Each I mean, we'll year, see. They make the they kind, of, they kind of go not deep, not super deep, but they make it pretty far. And, and I just feel like Deshaun Watson, he could really carry a team. And I just feel like Deshaun Watson in the clutch, that's somebody to count on. And Lamar Jackson, I don't know. He just ain't showed it to me yet. So I'm going to have to go with Deshaun. All right. We're going, we're going to have to save the state. <laughs> All right. Um, Which matchup are you looking forward to? Naomi Osaka versus Jennifer Brady or Serena Williams versus Victoria Azarenka. Oh man, I'm actually excited for both matches, but you know, I'm always excited, you know, to see Serena. You know, I, I think they're both the favorites in both of these matches, but I want to see Serena play the fight. You know, Serena, you know, she's getting towards the back end of her career. You know, she ain't she's not winning them in, in two sets like she used to do. It's like taking her, you know, three sets. She might be down one of these sets. So I'm looking forward to her match matchup more because you know I'm just just wondering can she finally break this record that she's been you know trying to break for a while. And I'm I'm really excited for that. And you know I'm actually excited for both though. I'm, I'm excited for you know the potential rematch rematch in the U.S. Open Finals between. Um, Naomi and Serena. That's going to be an exciting match. So, which one you got? Um, I'm going to go with Serena, too. As you said, she getting old and, like, I do want to <laughs> see that. Re- what? What's funny? 
getting old. I said she's getting on the back end of her career. I didn't say she was getting old. But go ahead. She's getting old in my eyes. She's getting old. Um, and I do want to see um a rematch between Naomi and um, Serena in the U.S. Open Finals. So um, hopefully Serena can come out on top and Naomi can come out out on top. I'm really not doubting Naomi coming out on top tonight, but I'm just really hoping that Serena can come out on top. So yeah. All right. I'm looking forward to both of them. My last and final question is. Who do you wish wouldn't have retired as early? And who do you think would have had a better career? Barry Sanders or Megatron? Ooh. Two Detroit Lion legends. Um, yeah, that's a tough one. Like, I feel like they both, they, well, in, in both of their short careers, they were both amazing, right? So, yeah. I think. If I if I remember statistics correctly, I don't think Barry Sanders ever had a season under 1,100 yards, rushing for under 1,100 yards. That's crazy to me. And I think maybe the last seven seasons of Calvin Johnson's career, he um had over a thousand recept- receiving yards. So like those are crazy numbers. Like to be on the type of sorry teams that they were on. But um, I think I might have to go with Megatron. I mean, this might be blasphemy. Like people might be like, "What?" Barry Sanders is the man. But I just loved the way Megatron played. Like he was like too fast, too strong, too big. <laughs> Nobody could stop. He was like literally Megatron for real, for real. And I just really love watching him play. I love watching him going up and snagging balls up the air. So I, I think. I want to see what his career could have been if he wouldn't have retired early. I'm going to go with Barry Sanders. Um, me, as being a former running back, I used to love to watch his highlights <laughs> before my games. I used to love to watch his highlights. And, like, I honestly feel like if he would have continued his career, I feel like eventually he would have been able to leave Detroit and go to another team. And I just feel like he would have been able to add some accolades to his name. Because Barry Sanders is a beast. Now, Megatron, don't get me wrong, he was a monster too. But I just, like, if Barry Sanders were to continue his career, I feel like he just would have added way more accolades to his name. And he just is a monster. Like, he goes down in history as one of the greatest running backs of all time. So He definitely does that. He definitely would probably be the all-time leader in Russia if he wouldn't have retired. So, yeah. Yeah. They both, both retire way too soon. Is that your final question? Yeah, that was my final question. Okay, okay. So let's move on to our next segment. What's NNA? What's NNA? What's NNA? 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 All right, so this week's What's Happening. You know, I just wanted to kick things off talking about Casper Semenye, the two time Olympic champion um, lost her appeal against um, the track and field rules that limit female runners naturally high testosterone levels. Meaning that, you know, even if you naturally test high for higher levels of testosterone, you have to take something to lower those numbers to participate in certain Olympic events. So what are your thoughts on that, man? Um... I kind of feel like it's going to be their loss. I'm losing an amazing runner. Um, 
that's not something that she can control. She was born like that. Her whole right. life she's been competing in women's sports. And I don't see why now is a problem. Her whole life she's been competing in women's sports. So honestly, I don't feel like that that she shouldn't be able to run with women anymore when she's been doing it her whole entire life. So honestly, I feel like it's going to be their loss in the long run. And I honestly think that she still should be able to run. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you. Um, once again, I believe, you know, you know, the world athletics or whatever, they're, you know, on the wrong side of history with this. Um, you know, you know, I always, you know, I always feel like when we, we talk about situations like this, about, um, you know, what gender someone is, what, how were they were born and all that stuff. I think we'd be worried about the wrong stuff, like as a nation, like people be worried about stuff that, that don't really matter, you know. You know, Semenye, when she was born, she was born as as a as a girl, and you know mm-hmm. she was raised and she identifies as a woman, but she just so happens to have you know you know X and Y chromosomes. You know that's that's not that's not her fault. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not she's not trying to get a competitive edge from yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't think I, I think they're wrong. I think they're gonna be on the wrong side of history um, for doing this. You know. It's unfortunate that she lost the appeal. I don't know if, you know, she's going to retire now or what she's going to do. Um, but I think it's, it's crazy. And, you know, I support her whatever she decides to do. And I hope mm-hmm. I hope we can figure out some kind of way, you know, to, that she can keep competing. So, yeah. you know, that's a story that I'll continue to follow. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, I think all these officials and track and field on are going to be on the wrong side of history too. Um, so, you know, moving on to our next segment, you, you said you wanted to talk a little bit about something that's going on in the NFL? Okay. So, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they just acquired Leonard Fournette. So, my question for you is, do you think that their team is Super Bowl ready this season or is Brady too old to stick to the promise? Hmm. So, yeah, so, like, that's actually a pretty good question. You know, with all of the – everything I've been reading about the Bucks, um, seeing on these websites, who they've been adding, you know, I think I think they might have a good, pretty good chance. You know, I feel like, you know, even with Brady being old, um, you can't go wrong having Tom Brady on your team. You can't go wrong having a healthy grunt. And adding another running back to an already dope offense, I don't think does nothing but help your case. So I actually kind of like their chances to be the champs this year. What do you think? Yeah, I honestly do think they have a chance to be a champs this season. I mean, they still got Mike Evans at the wide receiver position. I just feel like this team can really do damage this year. Um, healthy Bronx, that's always scary. That's always scary. Tom Brady. I mean, the not even one of he is the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, I just feel like they're being smart with the players that they are picking up, and I just feel like they are trying to build a team that is Super Bowl worthy to win this season. And I do feel like they're gonna win this season for sure. That's possible. Um, I don't think the Ravens are gonna be able to compete with them this season with losing their um their best safeties, losing him. Um, I do not think that. Nobody's gonna be able to compete with them this season, even the Chiefs. I just think the Buccaneers. This team is just 
It's filled with star power, and that's why you can't beat that. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I mean, thing is though, they gotta stay healthy. Like they also have players that are known to get hurt. So if they can stay healthy, I like their chances. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to a little bit NBA news. So before we get into the playoffs, talking about the playoffs. Let's talk about this um, this hiring that the um, Brooklyn Nets just made. They hired Steve Nash as their new head coach. What are your thoughts? First on that is that the percentage of white coaches to black coaches is an outrageous dif- difference. And um, I feel like the Nets, and with a lot of black assistant coaches out there who are free for a head coaching job. There's a lot of coaches out there that, that was free for a head coaching job. And for them to stick over all of them who have had experience in the coaching world, who has had experience in the NBA office, for them to skip over them and go straight to Steve Nash, somebody who has no experience of coaching at all, not at the high school level or anything, college, anything, no type of coaching experience at all. And especially for the team that the Nets is about to have next season with the healthy Kyrie and the healthy KD coming back, um, I'm kind of disappointed in the Nets. For choosing him, um, but he is a Hall of Fame, one of the greatest point guards to ever play the game of basketball. Um, so I don't know. He had a high IQ in playing basketball. He might have a high IQ with coaching. He might end up being a great coach. So hopefully he is, because I'm really rooting for that next season. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't really know how I feel. Um, like you said, the percentage. I think, I think it's only five black coaches right now out of the thirty NBA teams. Only five of them are black, and you know it's great. As great of a player as Steve Nash was, he has no coaching experience. Um, I mean, he's been doing some kind of consulting with certain teams or whatever, but like he he has he has no type of coaching experience and I think right now I don't think the timing could be more wrong right so we, we're talking about you know Black Lives Matters we're talking about um, at the point when we were like okay so like we need some representation right in some of these higher level positions like we need representation in the executive offices of these professional organizations we need some like majority of the league I think the league is like 80% black and only five coaches in a league that's eighty percent black. That that doesn't really make sense. So I think, you know, the time couldn't be more wrong for them to just straight up hire Steve Nash. And on top of that, they have a pre a proven assistant coach in Jack Vaughn that's been doing his thing. Like he's a proven coach. He's proved that he knows the game and he's cap- he proves he's proven that he's capable. And you got people like um David Fizdell, who who's who's a pretty good coach as well that have actually proven themselves, been on playoff have led playoff teams. Um, hell, even even Mark Jackson. I don't know if Mark Jackson is interested in coach interested in coaching anymore, but there are a lot of people that if you say like, you know, Steve Nash has the credentials, he's a Hall of Fame player, um, he's this, he's that, you know, a couple of time MVP. I believe you can find some of those characteristics in other coaches, to be honest. Um, that are proven players 
um, that have been proven leaders in the league and can give you the same thing. And, you know, like even Steve Nash himself, he said, you know, this this speaks, this reeks of, of white privilege, right? You know, he was able to skip the line. He didn't, he didn't have to wait in line. He didn't have to work his way up the tree from being a video assistant to being an assistant coach, um, you know, to being a head coach. He just jumped right in line to be a head coach. And on top of that, he also got like a four-year deal, which is uncommon for a first-time head coach. So, you know, you know, I just think the timing is wrong. Like, not to take nothing away from Steve Nash, um, they did the same thing with Jason Kidd um, when he first, you know, was getting ready to retire. They just, you know, gave him a job, but not not during this time. Not during this time when we're talking about, you know, we want equality. Um, we want y'all. We want to show that y'all really care about, you know, diversity and, and putting people of color in these right positions. And then y'all did this. So it's like, are y'all hearing this? You know, and, and the NBA is like one of the most. Um, advanced leagues when it comes to these type of things, right? These types of issues. And then they do this. Yeah. So it's like, come on now. Come on, NBA. So yeah, that was that was my thoughts. Um so yeah, let's 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 move on to the play to the actual playoffs that I actually play play on the on the court. Um these NBA playoffs, man, I ain't gonna lie. I've been loving it. I've been loving the NBA playoffs. Like, yeah, yeah, these these guys guys have been balling so what what so far i mean i guess you know this this is thursday when we shooting i'm recording who what what's been the best game that you like so far or in this round or, or what's been exciting what team has been exciting just go um i'm almost definitely have to go with the raptors or something that game last night was just amazing back and forth you just, yeah. you just kept it Two overtimes. <laughs> Two overtimes. Four players on the Raptors played for fifth minutes. Like, it was just yeah. crazy. And that game was just very, very exciting. Back and forth. Big shots being made for both teams. It just, I don't know. And also, the rest kind of got into, I mean, at, one, at, a certain, like, at a certain point in the time of, of the game, I was like, okay, the rest is trying to cheat this game. They want to act Okay. Game. So, yeah, now that you said that about the refs, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I had to get this in. The refs, does these playoffs have been horrible. Like, like what yeah, what is going on with the officiating, man? Like, it's like, come it's on. Like the point to win. I don't know. Like, I ain't going to take it that far, but, like, it's almost like that they should, shouldn't have taken off. They should have, like, <laughs> went, to, went to the gym <laughs> and, like, did some pickup games, like, if they if they could have done it safely, like it's like come on, officials like they like in preseason mode, and we need y'all in playoff mode. So, you know they making calls like we we winning games off free throws. You know yeah. I think those kind of things are crazy. So, but go ahead, go ahead and finish. They call a whole bunch of unnecessary fouls. Jason Tatum got a take for some he really couldn't control. He's on a drive. Somebody had gone away and arm hit them in the face. They called a, a um gave him a tech for that, which could have actually won the Raptors the game because that was like in a late stretch, minute less, and get him a tech. Luckily, the Celtics was able to come back and have a big shot to force another overtime. But like, I just like what are he what are these refs doing? Like it's like 
In my mind, I'm just sitting there looking. I'm like, do they want this team to win? Like, what's going on? Why they calling all these unnecessary fouls? They calling these little little ticky tack fouls? Like, come on. But the Southern Rock by far has been the most exciting game out of all the playoffs. Yeah. So, what do you think about um, the Bucks losing? Um, I called I called the Bucks losing. I called that first round. I said they were in trouble with the Magic. And now going against the Heat, I most definitely knew they was in trouble with the Heat because the Heat, they're so hungry. They're whole you didn't call it. You didn't, you didn't call it. Don't don't tell the people that you called it. You didn't. Said, but go ahead. Said, the Bucks was in trouble. <laughs> the Bucks was in trouble. They were losing. Know, which episode it was you can go and watch you can go and listen to it I said it I said the Bucks are in trouble this playoffs the Bucks have not been normal Bucks before COVID I said that okay the Bucks I'm gonna go back they, the Bucks were the team. I promise you they were not the same team before COVID came and all that stuff the Bucks before COVID came they were excited the team but ever since they came in the bubble they just haven't looked that good like they had they, they really didn't just look good and going against the Heat, the Heat, like, they're so hungry. I mean, Jimmy Butler is a very underrated star. A lot of people saying he can't carry a team to the promised land. And this season, he's proving that he can. He has heart. Giannis being a defensive player of the year, then take initiative and guard Jimmy Butler, seeing that Jimmy Butler's cooking their whole team. Jimmy Butler, 6'7", guarding the seven-footer. And he's not afraid. Went guarding him, held him one game, held him to 19 points. And Tyler Hero, he's been very, he was very big in that series. I mean, a rookie being able to come and put up buckets when they really needed it, especially um, was it? It was game four, or you know they lost. But Tyler Hero, he was going back and forth with Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton was a big shot, and then was a big shot. In game five, he just took over. Him and Jimmy Butler together, they just took over. And Bam was also a key factor in that. So, honestly, I don't know. If Celtics and Raptors don't come correct, they don't come ready to play. I honestly do feel like the Heat might be in the finals this season. Just because of how hungry and how bad they want to win it this year. And you can just tell. You can look in Jimmy Butler's eyes and just tell, like, he wants to win this season. He, he want to prove all the haters wrong. Yeah. yeah I, um, I think the Heat are scary are a scary team. They might be the scariest team in the playoffs because of everything that you just mm-hmm. said. Um, but with, with the Bucks losing, do you feel like that's the last time we're going to see Giannis in a Bucks uniform, or do you think he'll sign the Supermax deal? I think, I kind of think, leaning towards that he's going to stay. Um, I'm kind of leaning to he's going to stay because based off of just the things that he say, based off the things he talk about, based off his mentality. Um, really, he really don't like training with other NBA players. He really don't want to be friends with other NBA players and stuff like that. Because what he said is that he feel like that's his enemy. He's going against him. Why would he want to be friends with somebody that he wants to be? So, on the way that he talks about things and the way he moves about things, I honestly do feel like he's going to stay. But a lot of other teams are offering him money and also... With the Bucks, I don't think he's gonna be able to win anything. Being just him by himself, but maybe one day somebody might, another star might come over to the Bucks. But I don't know; it's just not looking too good for him right now in the Bucks with the team that they have right now. 
And some other teams are also making some good money, so it's pretty tough. Yeah, but nobody can offer him, like, you know, the Bucks can offer him 80, more, 80 million more than anybody else. So we'll, we'll, that's one of the things we'll keep an eye on, you know, towards the offseason. Mm-hmm. But um, I think those are all the things that we have to talk about today and what's happening. So let's move on to our next segment. And now, the Athlete of the Week! All right, so our next segment, my favorite segment, Athlete of the Week. This week's Athlete is Chris Paul. So, Makai, what do you know about CP3, man? Um, now he's the president of the um, NBA Players Association. I know he's the um the president of that. Um, I know he wanted to ah in my eyes he's one of my favorite point guards. I love CP3. I just let away play. He took a uh underrated OKC team. Well, I think it was like a one percent chance or something like that in the beginning of the NBA season. Uh, then making it to the playoffs and for him to go over there and basically put them on his back. Shock the world and Kevin said that the boss fight you know they came short this season in the playoffs. But Chris Paul is a great point guard. Um somebody that I look up to. And yeah. Yeah, those are all great points. Um just a little bit more. Chris Paul was born May 6, nineteen eighty five in Winston Salem, North Carolina. He attended West Forsyth High School in Clemens, North Carolina. And during his freshman and sophomore seasons he played J V. Um, and then, you know, his junior season, he went up to varsity where he averaged 25 points, five assists, and four steals a game, helping his team reach the state semifinals. Um, his senior season, he averaged 35, 30, 30 points, five rebounds, nine assists, and six steals per game, leading his team to a 27-3 and three record and the um, regional finals. And that year, he was named McDonald's All-American, a first-team parade All-American, and North Carolina's Mr. Basketball. And then, you know, after that season, he went on to sign with Wake Forest, where he played with two seasons. And then his two seasons there, he was the ACC Rookie of the Year. Um, his freshman season, he was also a third-team All-ACC player, performer. And then his sophomore year, his final year at Wake Forest, he was a first-team All-American. And so, you know, he was killing Then He decided, you know, to, to enter the NBA draft. So in the 2005 draft, he was selected fourth overall by the New Orleans Hornets. And in his NBA career, like you said, he's always been a monster. So he's been a 10-time All-Star, an eight-time All-NBA performer, a nine-time All-NBA defender, and an Olympic gold medalist. Um... So, like you said, like, so we know CP3 for his, his on-the-field leadership, like his on-the-floor leadership. You know, he's the ultimate floor general. If, if, if you kind of think about, you know, a coach on the floor or somebody that, you know, for players to look to, you think about CP3. But, you know, today I actually wanted to talk about his leadership off the field and specifically his role, like you just said, as the president of the um, National Basketball Players Association, a position that he's held since 2013. Um, You know, in this role, Paul has played a key role in forging productive relationships between owners and players, you know, that, you know, a lot of other sports leagues kind of envy, right? 
Like, um, if you think about, like, who has, like, the best relationship between, like, the players and the owners and the league, it's NBA is, like, you know, steps, way, a bunch of steps ahead of all the other leagues. And I think, you know, it has a lot to do, you know, honestly, with, with the leadership, you know, that, you know, Chris Paul has, has had. You know, I mean, it didn't start with him, but he has had a lot to do with, you know, them being, you know, having those good productive relationships where they get some of the best deals and all those type of things. Um, Paul's been involved in many issues affecting players and the game behind the season. Um, I don't know if you remember, you might have been too young, but do you remember when the NBA changed the ball, changed the basketball? Okay, so a few years ago, well, this might have been over a bunch of years now, but anyway, they changed the basketball. Like, they changed to a different type of basketball, and the players hated it, right? So CP3, he was one of the ones, he was the person that was like, yo, he called Adam Silver and was like, yo, this ball was horrible. Let's go back to the old ball. You know, he was like, you know, you know, he was like, you know, trust me, I know, like, I'm the point guard. I always had a ball in my hand. This ball ain't, ain't where it's at. So, you know, he was he was able to get the ball changed back to the original ball. And he also was um, involved in, like, helping, like, players be able to wear um, kinesio tape. You know, like, the tape that you wear, like, you got mu- sore muscles or, you know, you got certain types of injuries. They thought, the NBA at first thought that kind of tape was giving people some type of unfair advantage. You know, CP3, you know, you know, once again, you know, having these productive relationships, he was like, man, this tape is not giving anybody any kind of advantage. Like, we we can wear this tape or whatever. So, you know, they listened to him and, you know, they allowed the players to wear the tape. And then one of the other things that um, CP3 did was he was the one that decided about having the draft style all-star game, you know, where the top vote getters get to pick their team. That was his idea. Yeah. I, I did not know that. I did not know that that was his idea to come up with that. So, yeah, so, like, he's really been instrumental in, um, you know, the way that the league has been shaping up lately. And one of the things that um, Adam Silver said that he admires about Chris Paul is, you know, he never hesitates to acknowledge when he doesn't understand something. He's very direct, open, and honest in his discussion. You know, this skill, along with the ability to learn, has led to Paul learning the league's business and to help negotiate collective bargaining agreements that favor are favorable to the players. So, you know, you know, collective bargaining agreements is like, all right, so as a league, we're going to get all this, this certain money from, you know, all the TV deals, all the sponsorships and all these things. We're going to get a cut of this money. So you have to agree, like, what percentage of the money is the players going to get and what percentage are the owners going to get. And, you know, that's why, you know, the NBA players, like we just talked about Giannis potentially getting a max deal from his team. The reason why he's able to get so much money is because of these agreements. And, you know, Chris Paul, you know, he's learned the business so that he can negotiate in, in good faith for his players. So I think, I think that's really dope. And I think that's, you know, acknowledgement to him. Um, and then let's just fast forward to recently. Um, Paul, he was instrumental in getting the bubble and creating, also creating economic empowerment for black communities, you know, with the $300 million, so $300 million fund for owner, for, from the owners 
and for that the owners in the um, players association established. So they established this fund um, that says, you know, each year for the next 10 years, they're going to get $30 million to, you know, empower black communities. And, you know, CP3, you know, he was, you know, instrumental in getting that um, founded. So, you know, and honestly, he's found his lane as the president, just as he's on the court, you know, making a perfect assist. I think he's also giving the perfect assist, you know, off the court as well. And, you know, I think that's important to really think about with, you know, we just got through finished selling. We just have got finished celebrating Labor Day. And so I thought it was important, you know, to talk about CP3, his role and union. So first of all, like, what are your thoughts about CP3 that you just learned? Um, I mean, I knew he was president of the NBA Association, but I didn't know all that stuff he just named that he helped start an NBA or helped change an NBA. I never knew any of that. Um, another thing you forgot to talk about is, is his amazing state form commercials. <laughs> <laughs> state, ever since I've been a kid, I can just remember he said that little twin. I actually believe that he had a twin, like his commercials. Cliff, Cliff Paul. Yes, they have just always been on point. He has the best commercials. You've got to talk about that. (laughs) Yeah, but um, so like because you know we're talking about you know the players' association, which basically is a players' union. Um, what do you know about unions? Um, unions is like something that a group of people come together to fight for a change. They come to fight for something that they believe in and stand up for. And yeah, that's one of my unions. Yeah, like, um, you know, a lot of times when we talk about labor unions, we're talking about, you know, an organization that, you know, advocates for the workers right or the employees um whether it's getting them you know safer conditions um better pay um more time off as far as like volunteers i mean i said volunteers um vacation you know even volunteering um and also you know like different types of benefits whether it's better insurance um, 401k and all those type of things so you know unions are very important i think you know we, we live in a time now where you know people are saying you know unions are in the way you know unions don't allow you to work you know if you hear a lot you have the we have the right to work it's a right to work state or whatever and all those type of things um to try to give unions a bad name but unions have been historically important right like and then if we just go back we just go to right now let's just talk about the teacher unions right so you know you know, a lot of teachers, you know, feel like that, you know, during this pandemic, it's not safe to come back, you know, and, and you know, but then again, a lot of school systems are pushing for, you know, teachers to come back, you know, forcing them to come back into these school systems or whatever, into these unsafe conditions. So, like, without unions, you know, you know, these school systems could just whatever they want to do to the teachers. And, you know, forget, you know, forget their health, forget how they're feeling. So I think unions are very important. Like, you know, unions are a why, you know, you can't you get breaks, you know, during certain times when you're working. You can't just 
work straight 12 hours. You work 12 hours, you get a certain amount of breaks, right? You get a lunch break and you get a couple of breaks yeah. in between. Um, unions are why you can't, you know, lose your job if, you know, you get hurt. Like you got a certain amount of time to recover. You get you can't lose your job if you're if you're if you're pregnant and certain things. So, so unions have always been important, and um, you know, and you can actually see the difference. Like like we just talked about. So like the NBA has a great a great players union, right? You know, they work together. They work in lockstep with with the league, and you can tell like so they didn't have to fight for like. The protection that the that the NFL had to fight for to get, you know, to feel safe with with the COVID uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic. So you know, unions are very important. So I was just going to ask you, like, um, why do you think now you know about this about unions or whatever? Why do you think it's important that these professional sports organizations have unions? Um, it's very important because. Without them, it's like a lot of things that happen in professional sports would not happen. That's why, um, so like college players, they need to form some type of union. Yeah. Because, like, the union forces the players to actually be able to have conversations with the people that they talk. So, the National Basketball, um, the MVPA, all the players they're able to talk to Adam Silver and stuff like that. So they're able to get a lot more things changed and a lot of things that they want, that the players want. Because this is what they do. They play the sport to get them they play the sport, you know, for their purposes. So I yeah. feel like college need a they could fix a lot of things. It's a lot of people that doesn't even want to play this season. And I feel like those people should be able to come together and come up with a set of rules to give NCAA so they can actually work with each other and figure something out and work something out. So, yeah. Yeah. I agree. And then, like, even with what you're talking about, the NCAA, um, I'm just thinking about the, the revenue split, right? So, you compare how much money that the NCAA and all these colleges are making and compare it to <laughs> what the players are making that bring in that money. Zero. Right, right. So like they had somebody advocate advocating for advocating for them. Um you know, I th- I think that could be different. Um one of the other things that I, I didn't really get to talk about is like, you know, C P three, you know, he kinda like started off like, you know, stars being this involved in the union, right? I mean, usually it's like know like lesser known players or players that don't have as big a star power as like a CP3 that were a part of the union and then CP3 he changed that right like now you see like stars being more involved in the union why do you think that's important for like the the stars of the league to be as involved as they are today the stars have to be involved because and the stars, they're stars of the league. Like, they're basically the faces of the league. So, if they see something they don't like, and they're coming to the owners of the league, or they come to somebody, it's like, okay, if the face of my league is coming to me asking, can we change something, can we fix something that they think is going to make the game better, it's going to 
that they feel like he's gonna be able to make their league or whatever make more money or something like that, I feel like they have to listen to them. Because they're the face of your league. If you don't listen to the face of your league, then you know, get good results, better results. So I think they have yeah. to to stars and I think that's why it's very important that stars go and join me and try to talk to leaders and only the leagues. Yeah, and I also I agree with everything you said. And I also agree believe that like without, you know, the stars of the league and without, you know, them forming some type of like group of crew, you won't get that that episode like it's like, okay, this is just one person that has a problem with this. Everybody else seems fine. You're probably not gonna see the change that you wanna see. Like you're probably not gonna see any kind of thing any kind of things happen. But like let's just take for example when all the stars of the NFL was like, we believe Black Lives Matter in that video. It's like, oh, snap. The league changed their stance, right? But if it would have just been, let's take Colin Kaepernick, for example, four years ago, it's like, ah, he's just one person that felt like this. Everybody else straight. So I think it's also, you know, when you're thinking about unions, when you're thinking about trying to um, get change within a system, it does... There is power in numbers, right? Power in numbers, and there's also power in, like, your stardom. So I think that's one of the other things that it's important to pay close attention to and also to, to recognize, like, once again, your leadership, your, your not only your leadership, but your, your, um, your reach, right? As being this type of great athlete, you know, there's some responsibility that comes with that. And you have to, once again, speak for the voiceless. And I think in this role, this is what CP3 has been very good at. So that's our athlete of the week, Chris Paul. Shout out to him. You know, I, I, I kind of feel bad for him that, you know, they couldn't pull it out against the Rockets. But, you know, hopefully, you know, he has a couple more good years in him. All right. So let's move on to our next mm-hmm. segment. Ask Uncle Nessie. All right, so this week's Ask Uncle Nephew segment, um, the question comes from Victoria in North Carolina. And she says, I was just named team captain. I'm excited but also nervous. What tips can you give me so I can be a good leader? What you got for him, Um, To be a good leader, you got to be vocal. You got to lead by example. Your teammates see that you're pushing hard, you're going hard. 24-7 at practice and you get your all. They're going to look up to you and they're going to get motivated to go even harder if they see you going harder and all this work. And you're the captain for the, for a reason. They want the spot also. Mm-hmm. So, you got to lead by example. You got to be very vocal. You got to have an IQ. You got to know what you're doing. You got to know how to read defenses depending on what sport you play. You got to know what at all the time. The smartest players on the court to be a captain. You can't. You don't, you don't want to be a player that, that doesn't know what's going on. How you gonna be a captain and not know what's going on? You gotta know what's going on, and um, you gotta have a work ethic. A strong work work ethic. You can't be lazy. You gotta be willing to go put in work. Because as I said earlier, you gotta lead by example. Right. But yeah, that's what that's what it takes to be a captain. I like that. I like those answers. I'm being um, What'd you say? I said I'm finna be captain this year. Okay, so you gotta remember to take your take your own advice. 
Um, I like I like everything that you yeah. said. Um, right there. The only thing that I would add is like so. A lot of times when you when you select a captain, you're either selected by your teammates or you're selected by your coaches. So that means that they see um, certain characteristics in you that, that that they show that they see that they already see the leadership in you. So the, one of the things that I would say is don't don't change up what you've been doing. Like stay true to yourself. Like so if you if you're a vocal leader. Um, continue to be that vocal leader. If you are a, a leader that's like, you know what, I let my play do the talking, continue to do that. So I, I think, you know, you should like really stick to your strengths. Like, it's okay, you know, to add some of those roles. So like Makai says, like, you know, improve your IQ. If you're going to be, um, if you're going to be a captain, it is important to know, you know, what everybody else is supposed to be doing, you know, on the floor, or on the field. Um, those those type of things are important. Um, it's it's very important to have communication. Work on your communication skills. That's whether you know bringing problems to the coaches or you know confronting your teammates um, in certain kind of issues, whether it's on the field or off the field. But yeah, so but stay true to yourself. Stay true to who you are, and stay true to what what people saw see in you that made them select you to be the captain. So that was a great question. So Makai. Um, if people want to ask us questions, tell them how they can reach us, man. Um, if you guys have had any questions that y'all think that we can answer, um, hit us up on Instagram or Twitter at AskLeaders360. Yeah. All right. So that's our show for today. Um, glad they got glad we got back to it after this um break, man. Um, it was a great conversation. And before we go, you know, I want to leave you all with a quote. This quote is from Martin Luther King Jr. A genuine leader leader is not a searcher for consensus, but a motor of consensus. And Makai, what song are we riding out to tonight, man? Um, the song we will be riding out to is 44 Bars by Logic. The reason why I chose this song is because Logic just be spitting. Like, he just, he be going crazy. I like listening to his music. And it's just different. Alright, so let, let's just listen to it. Alright, everybody, that was our show for tonight. We'll see y'all next week. All right, here. Yeah, in London talking to rhetoric about my life and I thought the album was finished, but I keep writing It's kind of funny how life changed and rearranged. No matter what happens, everything ain't gonna be the same. The incredible album, what an incredible outcome. I gripped the mic and then talked to the people like I'm Malcolm. I used to think the fame and money was the motivation. Until I toured the world and met the people face to face and understood that the power was harnessed in that basement. It ain't about the money and notoriety, it's about the people and making a difference in society. But don't get it twisted, this life I'm living is like a movie. The Godfather, the good fella, will the Uzi, one with the people, if the people is wondering who's he, same level, the same rebel that never settled, pulling strings like Geppetto, who overcame the ghetto and, what's up with you, oh yeah, what's up nephew,